she's pouring from the sky, stash some chips up, no fear of missing out, I'm about to dip and flip, what, now pump it up and double up is what we hit, what, 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 this is it, what, Satoshi's pouring from the sky, stash some chips up, no fear of missing out, I'm about to dip and flip, what, now pump it up and double up is what we hit, what, on this month's design category is Seedmint. Welcome Seedmint, thank you for joining me. You're welcome MTC, thanks for having me. It's great to meet you finally. Man, I'm, I'm absolutely blown away by the quality of this little piece of kit that you've sent me and I'm really looking forward to getting into all the process behind how you made it and your, your motivations. I guess for, for anybody who, who hasn't come across your project yet, Tell us about what it is, what it does, and then we'll get into to why you made it and, and how. Well, thanks first for the compliment, MTC. What I've done in recent months is I've designed a seed minting jig, I believe you could call it. I was talking to my brother last year about cold storage, and he pretty much came up with the idea to stamp it on those washers. We both were quite ignorant, never heard of block mitts, which is quite a similar um, concept, if you, if you like so. Uh, so I just started tinkering something in the workshop where I work. And it's been, yeah, the function is the same as seatment today, but the design was completely different. You also would have need, it's like a s small seat block mitt, and you would have to place it on an anvil to stamp away your washers so after a time my brother said oh, i want to have one of those as well because it's quite uh, hard to to align all the numbers and letters on the washer so i said yeah i can do one for you but he's living like 900 kilometers apart from me so i said yeah but if, if i will send this up to you uh, i, I you will have to have something which you can use without an anvil and stuff. And so we just had a little bit of a brainstorming, design brainstorming. And I walked across a piece of 80 by 80 by 30 millimeter steel in, in the basement of our shop. And so I walked across another piece and I thought I could get those together and just started from there, tinkering something Having it sent out to my brother, he was stoked with it. And then I believe I tweeted about it, or he tweeted about it, and somebody else at Shortnum from on Bitcoin Twitter, he came up to me and asked if the design was available open source or if it's just one of a kind. And I thought, yeah, well, so far it's just one of a kind. I didn't even consider somebody else needing something like this but then again i haven't been thinking about it so i thought yeah when i've got i i told him if i find time i will do the drawings for him and i did so and he said oh um, maybe he hasn't got the, the possibilities to have it made and so i thought about the possibilities to have one made for him and uh, pretty much it took off off from there 
So it's, it's only been a few months. So in summary, what you've created here is a much more hard-wearing version of the block mitt. Had you used the block mitt yourself before? Or was oh, it something you'd never. just seen? <laughs> I, I really I just came across the block mitt when Shortman asked me, well, well, he said, hey, heads up, this looks like a tough version of a block mitt. And I said, okay, what's block mitt? I clicked the link and I said, ah, okay. Uh, probably I wouldn't even have designed this uh, or made this if I was aware of block mitt. But again, block mitt is for bigger washers. And we just came up with those smaller washers. I think that they're solving two, uh, the, the same problem in two different ways or, or maybe two different problems. It, let's get into how you're your jig is constructed because there's there's quite a significant difference in the materials used and therefore a significant difference in the durability and the cost as well and the, the amount of time of these things are potentially going to last which has pros and cons you know in, in different areas depending on on the user so um let's get into how you've constructed the seed mint okay actually as i said i just walked across a piece of scrap steel and i thought oh this this could be around the size needed and uh that's how i like to tinker a lot of stuff actually if i see something in my daily life which i think would be useful i just go ahead and tinker myself something so i've got the one you made me in my hands and um there's there's quite a few pieces but there's let's say the the two main base components are this piece at the bottom uh, which is obviously steel, right? Aha, that's, your it, that's it. That's <laughs> it. What have you got on the front of that? Have you, um, have you put anything on it? Just Steve, got it. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. So yeah, then we've got the uh, the place where the turnable, rotatable central jig piece is mounted, and then yes. that central piece itself. That then has a sliding unit that you put the washers inside. And what material is that made from? The slider, the what you, what I call this retainer, where the guide comes in, retainer, yeah, which you can turn, and the faceplate are made from brass, just normal brass, um, five eight, I believe, and the rest is uh, well, the socket, socket, or the or the base, or however you would want to say, is um, CK forty five, so it's steel that you can harden. So you can tamp and quench it. It is not quenched, though, because it would be even more work and hassle to do. But I believe for this purpose, it's not necessary to have it hardened because you want to have something to punch on. So it's basically it's steel and brass. And the, the, uh, the guide itself is tool steel. So compared to the block mitt, which can be 3D printed at home for next to nothing, essentially, yeah. So if you if you go through one, you can just print up yourself another, you know, ad, ad infinitum. Really, this is something that will that will. What's your estimated view of the lifespan of this? <laughs> That's a good question. I was asking myself the same things when you were talking about your ears. <laughs> I believe, yeah, the the steel the the brass which yours is made of, and the steel which yours is made of. Especially, I believe right now is at least 50 to 70 years old. So it will get like another few hundred years old before you, you have any. This brass we, is at least that old. This is that, yeah, that yeah. age already. 
it's from like something from the 50, 50, 1950s, 1960s. Uh, did you recover like it? That. No, no, it, it's just laying around in the stock. Okay, okay. It right, wasn't so... used for a long time. That's so why mean, it's polished like that. It, <laughs> the brass looked awful <laughs> before. Man, it's beautiful the way it looks now. I mean, I, I proudly display it on, on a shelf in my lounge. It's it's great. Good on you. And and I, I think based on what you just said, I, my my kids and my grandkids will be able to do the same. And I, I would fully expect this would last, you know, yeah, like you say, hundreds of years. So two two very different solutions, I think, to the to the same problem. Depending what you want out, if you if you want to spend a bit a bit of money and have something that you can pass down to your your, your grandkids, which is why I wanted one really. Then that you know, there's not many things that are physical in the Bitcoin world, right? And certainly not many things that are physical that don't put your your seeds at risk, right? Your private keys at risk. Um, this yes. is something I'll use to stamp, and I'm in the process of using to stamp, you know, my legacy into for for my my kids and my grandkids. But there you go. It doesn't it doesn't jeopardize my private keys at all because it's just the unit that I'm using to uh, to stamp it out. So it's a fantastic bit of kit, and uh, I, I love the fact that you that, that you made it for me. So thanks so much for oh, that. You're so welcome. As I said, I'm an avid listener to Twenty One Ism ever since uh, Twenty One Ism came out, and I'm enjoying it a lot because I don't like to hear to pods and a lot of media stuff where the talk is all about pricing. So I'm really not into that. I never was into economics or anything. Oh, I love art. I like poetry. And yeah, I believe that's why I really like your podcast. And oh, well, when, then again, when you when you DM me on that day, I wasn't even aware. Yeah, I, I just saw it and it was quite a stressy time. I believe I was working shift at that time. I was working shift for like eight months now and yeah a lot of things just passed by me i never have been a regular regular user of social media so i was never on facebook or instagram or anything i was on twitter in 2010 and then stopped being on twitter till the end of 2019 late 2019 i came back in between there, I had like seven years not listening to any news or anything. I still don't do that today, but I'm on Twitter now. But that still is the only thing on social media I'm I'm on. So obviously you're you're involved in making maybe not this kind of unit, but you're involved in making hardwaring stuff out of these materials. You're familiar with that process. Tell me a bit more about that if yes. you can. Well, yeah, I'm coming from a mechanical engineering background, you could say. I was working as a service technician for uh, nearly 10 years, from when I was 19 till I was nearly 30, and traveling all around the world and repairing old stuff. The company I was working for the most of the time was a military supplier, so you're you get used to high quality and long durability designs, I would say. Maybe that's part of the, the design process which I went through. Because in the military, you have to operate everything with gloves on and <laughs> kick, kick stuff into place and it's not allowed to break. Maybe I'm quite common to that. 
so when, when I was 29 or 30 years old, I got quite sick, some uh, physical issues. And then I said, okay, I don't want to go on service anymore. So I'm not traveling around. And I looked for another job in another um, branch. So not with military and stuff, because I never felt related to that, really. I just loved the job. I liked the people working with, and I loved the job. And then I was in an even worse branch, you could say. It was in the pharmaceutical industry. I was working in middle management there, and I really didn't enjoy it at all. I also believe that that was part of the reason I could not get healthy again. So I, I again, I looked for a new job, and I want, wanted to work as a mechanic, just basic, simple mechanic, because that's what I love. I love to work with my hands. So when did you find out about Bitcoin? What, what lured you into the, uh, the Bitcoin rabbit hole? Whew, that, that's a long story for itself, actually. I found, I had a few touch points with Bitcoin, let's say like that. Um, but not being into, <laughs> not, not, not being into any media, not into the news and anything um, I came across it and forgot it again quite quite fast because I also never have never been a computer guy. So when reading about it the first time, yeah, again, economics had, did nothing to, had nothing to do with me and computer stuff also not so digital scarcity and hard cap and all that stuff said pretty much nothing to me. But then when I got quit pretty sick and I was at home for more time and my brother started to he, he was into Bitcoin back then like 2016 or so but he was on a, a traveling the world he was not at home so when we spoke we spoke a lot of stuff and yeah still today he's following a lot of trading stuff and that again is has not, nothing with my interests. <laughs> so he could he couldn't attract me to Bitcoin in the beginning, but he has always tried. So I'm very grateful for that. And someone I just picked up on it, and I believe it was the day that my brother told me, I said, "Come, leave me, leave me alone with that Bitcoin. I'm not interested in money." And he said, "Yeah, but if you're not interested in money, you got to have you, you certainly got to have a look in Bitcoin." I believe I it was it. at the beginning last year or so. Yeah, and <laughs> I really started to look into Bitcoin then, and like from maybe March, April to July, August last year, I was falling down the rabbit hole pretty hard. Didn't find time to do anything else. Right, that's an uncommon yes. story. You don't find many people <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> And yeah, pretty much then I took a lot of value. I, I was lucky with my rabbit hole story again. When starting this shift stuff, I believe it was yeah, mid or end last year, 
And I remember it was the first time I went on shift in the evening and I was have I had my iPhone in the hand and said, okay, what, what can I listen to? But because I was an avid podcast listener ever, ever before, before Bitcoin even. I didn't know that podcasts are also in, the, in Bitcoin such a big thing. And I just wrote, uh, wrote the German word for 21 in the search engine of the Apple podcast. And that's the 21 is called in German. And that's a podcast which is founded by Dajiji. Ah. And I'm, I'm sure you heard about him. He's been on your first block. Oh, yeah. Gigi's a legend. That's it. And from, from the first episode on, he was talking to Markus Turm, another co-host of the podcast. And I thought, my God, those guys are great, really. I had I had a, such a nice laugh, like two hours long, I was just laughing. I said, okay. Um, I, I, I remember I kept coming home that day and talking to my wife and said, uh, darling, you remember how I how we always um, ask ourselves where are all the normal people gone? She said, yes, why? And I said, I, I believe there are all Bitcoiners. She said, well, <laughs> how do you mean that? And I said, yeah, I listened to this podcast and I introduced her to Bitcoin Twitter. And then I also came back to Twitter because of Gigi, because he always talked in the podcast, like seeing this and doing that and the real world. And for, for me, always the cyberspace was like cyberspace and the real space, the real world. But the narrative from the Gigi that it's just the cyberspace and meat space and everything is real. Yeah, I can really relate to that because when coming back on Bitcoin Twitter, it's been like after one or two weeks feeling to have gained so much new friends that yeah, friends, <laughs> but actually really friends because you got the feeling you could talk to them about everything. You get honest answers. You get a heads up for stuff you maybe don't get right. So I really enjoyed that. So is that podcast still running? I don't think, yes, it is. And Gigi's still running it? Yeah, he's, um, he, he's as he said, puts it, he's trying to decentralize himself away from that podcast. But he's still like on every other episode. Got it. Right. Fantastic. There are a lot of co-hosts. It's like also Dennis Reimann, you know, and maybe he's a he's a programmer for BTC Pay. And, okay. Yeah. I don't speak German, unfortunately. I would have loved to. Yeah. Learn. How many podcasts are there now in, in German? Have you, have you seen the numbers growing? I'm, I'm guessing so. But have, from your personal yes. experience? Uh, I know about, well, I listen to two German podcasts regularly, but there are a few. I just got my wife to listen to one, which is a beginner podcast because <laughs> my wife is falling down the rabbit hole right now pretty hard. Great. Really, I really enjoy um, seeing that process because I can relate to it not being long ago for myself. Right. Yes. Yeah, what do you think brought her in? Were you just incessantly talking about it and she well, kind of had no choice? Yes, of course. Of, of course, uh, everything we ever did is like <laughs> we are in this together because <laughs> we know each other for quite a long time. We've been married quite a long time. And just two weeks ago, we had the PTC Citadelle in Germany 
It's been yeah. a meetup for Bitcoiners in Germany, Austria and Switzerland. And we were there and my wife is very sto- very bullish on Bitcoiners, as other, my, uh, Matt Odell likes to put it. Since coming yes. away from that session? Yeah, that's it. Because she said uh, that that was also the next time that she, she, that we were talking about the normal people, <laughs> because she said, "Remember how you told me that the, all the normal people are Bitcoin?" I said, "Yeah, I'm not sure, but still got that feeling." Yes, and then she she told me, "Yes, I also got that feeling right now. <laughs> you were so right." Because honestly, for me, it was the first um, Bitcoin gathering, like big big event. It was not not so big, but 200 people and just coming out after 18 months um, of lockdown. (laughs) And other people were like, uh, yeah, having big expectations and so much positive energy. And when everybody came on Friday evening, yeah, it was loaded. And you just could feel the positive vibrations everywhere. It doesn't matter to whom you and talked to everybody was so stoked and uh, after speaking to somebody for like two minutes you thought you'd know them half of your life yes amen it was was really great that is a a, a really nice a really nice environment to get to, to find yourself in particularly after the craziness like you say of the last 18 months i had a similar experience myself recently um some guys out in Wales on the far north western coast of Wales put together a Bitcoin beach retreat. Uh, mm-hmm. So a camping weekend on an unbelievably stunning part of the, the British coastline. Okay. And yeah. we had, was it two or three nights? Uh, just in great company, good food and what have you, lots of beer and, and good fun. We had campfires on the beach and played games. I took my kids yeah. and my, my family, the dog, etc. And, and we had a we had a blast. And it felt like we were just back in normal times. There was no social distancing. There was no face masks. There was barely any talk about the the lunacy of the last eighteen months. And yeah. it was it was it was a really really nice thing for for mind, body, and soul. Yeah. Exactly the same, yeah. I was quite worked out before and I got so much energy from that weekend. <laughs> haven't slept at all and drunk. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but it gave a lot of energy. Yeah. Definitely. And did you did you meet contacts that you'd met on, on Bitcoin Twitter? And Yes, of course. Every, every second uh, person you got to know there, you were asking for, the, for their handle and you said, ah, it's you. <laughs> okay, nice to meet you. And, yeah, yeah right. we founded our own little um, Telegram group after that. It's a Satoshi, Satoshi's Kitchen. Because on Friday, when the event was starting, I was at the gates um, just helping out with the entrance and everything. And yeah, one after another was coming, and my wife was there also. We, we just had the party at the gate in, in principles, and everybody was driving up they, later on some of them came back down and said oh we're going to stay with you in the kitchen here it's the kitchen party <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we started our ring of fire in that group now, lightning ring of fire. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. yeah it's just just great. Great people, great uh, memories. Yeah. The the best parties always happen in the kitchen, right? Everybody yeah, just that, that's in the it. kitchen. That, that, that's why we said it's Satoshi's Kitchen. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Ring of Fire. We, we, we recently featured uh, Zeno and, and Soul Exporter. I was lucky enough to be part yeah. of the first Ring of Fire with those guys, uh, <laughs> which is funny because they're all really technical and I'm not. And, and uh, same with me. I'm not. Right. So they, they provided me with, with a, a great amount of, of support and help. And it's just phenomenal to see that growing in popularity and the organic new shoots as well that are spurting yeah. up because they're not precious at all about you know that that project they they want it to be open source they want people to spin up their own versions and make their own takes of it available yeah. you know they've provided invaluable support to i think about 800 people now in the ring of fire group which you're probably part of right no not yet even, okay even yeah okay yet. we just did that in a telegram group all by ourselves but i when when i'm back from my holidays i got to fund my node a bit more and start up some rings yes but you you, you i mean mentioning the concept you'd obviously heard about ring of fire right yes of course point. of course yeah got also it. listening to the episode with soul export okay cool cool yeah he's he's, yeah, he's and a great guy also the fireside chat with Antonopoulos and Pika at the Citadel was great. Oh, okay. Also later on drinking beers with Antonopoulos and Pika and Gigi and Raiman. Yeah, I know. It was great. It was really great. They're mixing it with the plebs and you're, you're rubbing it. Yeah, that, that's it. We were standing legend. at the bar being quite drunk, to be honest, because it was <laughs> uh, sounds sound stupid, but it was all for free. You were standing at the bar and uh, you, you take another drink, you take another drink. Yeah, bring it, bring it on. So there was alcohol en masse. And we were standing at the bar and my wife just, uh, she, she rolls her cigarettes. <laughs> so all of a sudden, um, Andreas is coming up to us and asking if we, we're fine, if he stands in our middle just chatting and so, yeah of course and he begged my wife for cigarettes and we, we were having a good time and just just talking like normal people and that's what i find so astonishing in bitcoin spaces doesn't matter what credentials or anything somebody might or might not have uh, you that's at least my experience you can go up to anybody ask for help if you are friendly and humble enough anybody would help you if it's in their capabilities and i also experienced this with the seatment um, project because i'm really not into computer stuff and anything so like with website and web design and all that stuff is yeah i never never really bothered of doing anything in that concerns and right now i found two people who are helping me with that also that's yeah, great let's tap back into the, the seed mint project then for a little while because there's more i want to explore on on that side with you mm -hmm. i think by your own admissions this this is something that's still fairly new and we wanted to put a spotlight on you because um obviously the, the one that you gave me has got 21 ism branding on it and i think it just suits it perfectly actually the the the, the, the moniker there 
on that face plate. But whilst you obviously designed this to address your own personal needs in the beginning and your brother's, and, and it was born out of personal necessity, like all of the best inventions, right? Yeah. I think you and I have probably experienced together the, the, the evolution of your appetite to make this something bigger. Where's your head at with this now? That's true. So again, going back, back to the Citadel, <laughs> I was trying to pitch the project on the Citadel, but I was too stoked on life. So I couldn't find any time for that. But anyway, after the Citadel, I drove from the Citadel has been near Leipzig, which is quite far from where I live. And I drove even further to Berlin to meet with the manufacturer who would probably have the capabilities and the and also the possibilities in time to do a few of those segments. But yeah, right now we're in negotiations and stuff because nobody wants to supply me with those segments in this quality for the price. I would be happy to have other plebs to pay for it because knowing what this thing would cost if I would have it made where I live I don't even ask now yeah because also the, the price which I gave you it you just pretty much just paid the materials and the screws not the tools and not the time because yeah it's pretty it's pre pretty hard but I believe and I hope that I can well I being completely honest, my target price for the seatment with, uh, with with some stamps and a few washes would be like 120, 130 euro. So I think that's well, that that would be cheap. It would be nice to achieve. But right now, I can't do anything <laughs> below twice that. And yeah. I definitely work on. Um, getting that price lower just with better purchasing and maybe having bigger batches made but then again you I, I would have to pay a lot in advance and not knowing how long to how, how long I sit on those so yeah I will need to evaluate a little more how to proceed with all this ultimately the market's going to decide right that's it so and from from my point of view you have to compare it to alternatives because the offering that, that you're putting out there is to be able to essentially create an unlimited number of metal backups once you have the seed mint for very little money. Because I'm guessing it was the Safu.ninja project mm -hmm. that you'd spotted the use of washes on, right? So if anybody goes... No, to, really, we... we that, not, that, okay. Really, I didn't spot it anywhere. I I strongly believe in the... In the general consciousness or right. i don't know how, how to how to call that in english yeah. properly like the telephone was invented in two places at the same time so right. <laughs> i don't know maybe i was just yeah and i'm also um, meditating quite a lot maybe the idea just came to me because i was looking for it i don't know you're tuning I, into I the, had, uh, the cosmic consciousness no, yeah probably <laughs> I had no reference at all when I started with this. Got it. Okay. Okay. So you hadn't come across that previously. So yeah, it's a nice little website, safu.ninja, and it explains the, the concept behind using these robust but inexpensive little washers. 
Yes. And you can buy them in a variety of materials. Uh, the zinc uh, plated ones, the steel plated steel ones, and you've mentioned as well using titanium ones as well, right? Yes. That's so, I mean, these are all incredibly hard. Well, yes, particularly steel and, and titanium are, are going to survive trials by air, fire, and and water, right? Which is um, can't be said the same for paper based backups. And so how important do you think it is, you know, if we, if we take the, the, the design and, and the concept out of the equation, just focus on the materials, uh, applying your seed words to metal, how important do you think that is versus just relying on paper? As, as you put it, I, think, I also think it's essential because, as you say, paper is not, not good for, um, it's not reliable when it comes to fire, to sun, to light, even paper gets, you know, gets yeah. old. If, if you just got no, normal steel, like zinc plated steel, I believe uh, would be sufficient for holding your seats. Then again, I don't want to come into discussions with some other Bitcoiners who think other. I think better because, than paper though, right? Even with that, it's better than paper. Yeah, 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 of course. And just just try to destroy a steel washer, a zinc-plated steel washer. Because, again, you got to think all your washers later on are fixed on a bolt or inside the canister or anything the sort. And, yeah, like 800 degrees, like a normal house burn, can't have nothing to that even if you say steel gets soft at 800 degree you would still have to punch and crunch it to deform it so it, it does not get liquid at 800 degrees so i don't see any any problem with that and then again i also just tried myself with the argon plasma burner to destroy a stainless steel version of my backup and it's possible, yes, you can melt it, but as soon as you take a chisel and a hammer and you separate the, the, the molten parts again, you can read what was standing on there because it's not, rin it's not rinning away. You need like a lot more than 1,200 degrees to get it, the, the metal fluid molten. So. So, so then the question turns to what do you use in order to... Uh, stamp your seed words onto metal. Do you use an all-in-one piece of metal, which I've personally done as well, uh, or do you use something which uh, comes as separate parts? In, in the case of seed mint, you're using either 12 or 24 washers, and I, I think obviously, or maybe even six, if you have a 12-word seed word, um, back yeah. then, then yeah, you could use arguably use six with a stamp on each side. Uh, so that obviously True. limits the, the, the numbers, which therefore limits the potential for separation to occur. And this is something that I think needs to be borne in mind because there's pros and cons for, for the two different approaches. With in my view, if you I have everything agree. on a on a single plate. If you're in a situation where, where you need to get out of dodge quickly or you need to destroy that thing, you need to get an angle grinder out, essentially, to, to destroy it. I mean, there are different yeah. solutions. There's ones where you're just applying uh, dots, like punching dots into pre-sketched or pre-etched mm -hmm. pieces mm -hmm. of metal. And I like those approaches because it, just by applying more dots, 
you can you can spoil it deliberately if you want yeah, to. But, also, but then again, if the attacker's got the right amount of criminal energy and knowledge, he would go to electronic rust or microscope and see a little difference in aging from the stems, even even be able to telling you which was the first um, of those hits and the second and the third one, I believe, but I'm not uh, sure. Well, that's an interesting thought that I hadn't had, actually. Good, yeah, good, good point. Who, who knows how sophisticated knows? these attacks can be? And these things need to be borne into mind, I think. If people haven't taken um, the steps to back up on, on Metal yet, the Seed Signer, who we also featured uh, in our last block, uh, yeah. talks about the fact that uh, as, as number goes up, and your holdings become more significant, more significant part of your net worth. You start to reevaluate your security, and this certainly happened sure. to me. And and, and I, I found myself in a situation where I'm thinking, mm. so I, I spent what forty or fifty dollars on a dedicated piece of metal. I probably didn't need to spend that much if I want to have multiple copies of it. I'm potentially one hundred and fifty dollars lighter, and I've still only got three copies. Uh, you know, and that it, it just scales linearly, right? That's if, it. In terms of adding numbers, whereas with your approach, if you if you were to drop one hundred and fifty bucks on it or two hundred bucks on it, you have an, the potential to have an unlimited number for very very little marginal cost above and beyond that per per unit cost, right? True, yeah. That's and what other, I see. Yes, yeah. That, that's how I see it, and uh, because my initial. My initial thoughts on the Safu.ninja approach when I first saw it was, ooh, do you, do you really want to have 12 or 24 words bound together just by a wing nut and a bolt when they could be easily separated? But if you have those, you know, multiple copies of those spread around, potentially take steps, additional steps to secure them as you would do. And you have to put an appropriate level of security around all of these backups that you have, whether they're paper or metal or, or whatever. So you would think that the, the risk of them being separated would be minimal, you know, if you're being careful and you're, you're being duly diligent with, with how you're treating this stuff as you have to be with all other forms of, of backups that you're using. But actually, if you're in a, if you're in a, 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 a situation, you know, if you're under duress, if suddenly you're, you're finding that, there are uh, there's an incident where you need to to dispose of this quickly. Scattering twelve or twenty four discs in different places is far easier to do than trying to potentially source an angle grinder if you don't have one or getting one out and and having to spoil it it that way. So again, pros and cons for for this stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. That's how I see it. Yeah. So you've mentioned that you're open sourcing the design, and I think one of the things about Buying them from you, certainly from personal experience as well, I've got a quality piece of kit here. And as you've just explained, the brass component in particular is, it's old and it's you've, you've polished it up really nicely, but this is going to stand the test of time. But given that you've open sourced it uh, and potentially people may want to look at sourcing it themselves locally, avoiding the costs of, uh, of, of having to have it shipped, and it's, it's heavy enough that if I were to drop this thing from waist height onto my foot, 
I'd be confident it would break many bones in that foot, right? It's a really heavy piece of Possibly. kit, okay? <laughs> I believe it's nearly three kilograms, yeah. Right, okay, yeah. So my, my foot would stand very little chance if I if I dropped it. So so you're going to have to put that that weight on the back of, of a, a postman's shoulders as, uh, as well. So, and there's a premium to pay for that. How easy would it be if people aren't, you know, if they do want to have something as robust and durable as this, but maybe source it themselves, what steps would they need to take in order to, to do that? Let's say they, they know nothing about, about sourcing the, you know, these, these kinds of uh, pieces yeah. of kit already. Actually, it should be pretty easy. If you go to, github slash seedment you find all the design data and also pdf drawings from the single parts and also all the parts which i bought the screws and the uh, bolts and all that stuff and then you would go to a machine shop around the corner and just ask them to give you a quotation for this and how long they would need and what they want you to pay for it a recommendation from my side would be just just from learning. Um, be sure to have the stamps beforehand to give them to the supplier where you want to have the seatment done. Right. Because it for me that was the part of the biggest hassle of all to get those stamps, which I also send out to you. So what what do people need right to look at? I'm going to put the manufacturer and the article numbers of those two stamp um, sets that I'm using right now for the design also on GitHub when I'm back from yeah. holiday. I don't know whether you noticed, but the manufacturer got the S the wrong way around. Is it in yours also? Yeah. Oh, my God. That, that, that was part of the biggest annoyance that, that I came across. I had to order like 10 or 20 of these sets until I had one... All, all the letters facing the right direction and the, the shafts being really um, four-sided and not uh, round on right. some parts. And then again, you can't get them through the, get them through through the, the guide. The to, yeah. This is the thing, you know, unlike, for example... If the S is the wrong way around, um, yeah, i just write that down quickly. I will send you in. No, don't worry. I, I was talking to the manufacturer. He, he, he supplied me with a lot of different um, letters i also wrote you before when i wanted to have it sent out to you that was stopping me for the longest time getting the right punches but yeah. then again i didn't see that yes was the wrong way around again no it's it, it's an easy mistake to make i mean i think it's it's <laughs> it's pretty unforgivable for them because they're obviously manufacturing it and it's one job yeah, but, that they've got to do which is getting the letters the right way around but yeah but they have them also mirrored if you want to stamp like shields from the backside and i believe it's just a holiday job or so maybe because it was all in june and july that i got the the, the sets mixed up with four or five letters mirrored yes i was really annoyed it's not a it's not a big deal but i think it's worth mentioning to the manufacturer yeah, yeah. you're speaking of course to. of course yeah. okay so you'll put the the, the manufacturer and, and model name for these stamps on the the github repository as well because like you say un unlike with the the block mint which may have a propensity to be a bit more forgiving in terms of mm. different stamp sizes and actually arguably if, if you if you're 
if you're capable of working with the the block mitt designs as well yourself, you could probably adjust it based on the stamp sizes that that you get. But with the so. with the seed mint, there is no tolerance at all for uh, the, the the stamps being too big for the slot. If they're too big, there's no way you're going to be getting them in, inside there. And you want it to be a snug fit as well because it. you know, yes. it's kind of almost a a precision piece of instrumentation right everything's designed to fit perfectly together and therefore yeah. and that includes the stamps as as well so yeah that's that's a good point you so if people are sourcing this themselves directly from a local machine shop mm. they would approach them with the what's the file format that you're using that's that's located in the github repository is it a, um, there there are 3d files which most machine shops should be able to to work with so they can load them directly into their machines yeah there are also the cnc programs for working on the machines yeah those are downloadable as well but mostly the manufacturer will do their own programs to be to be safe also got the drawings the classical pdf drawings Great. Okay. In terms of the materials then to be used, you mentioned a particular kind of steel uh, earlier. I'm thinking that that you would then specify that for all of the components on this. Yeah, that that is um, that's written on the parts list also. There's a parts list on GitHub. Okay. Where you can see the material for every part. But again, um, if a machine shop knows what where you want to go with this, and he says, "Oh, look, I've got like." This I haven't got that steel, but I got this steel. Yeah, that, that's fine as well. I the, the first one I did this was made from I don't know how to call it in English a really basic steel like um, what you use for construction and and rebars and stuff. So a really cheap steel, working perfect. Yeah. No this problem is, with that. This is the the other nice thing as well when it comes to opsec. Some people might be concerned about giving their name and address to third parties to provide this kind of product, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Uh, I'm not sure if I would want to do that. I would also much rather go to a machine shop, a local one and... Pay cash and they they don't really know what it is you're you're making. Um, I mean, arguably, you can split the design if you were super... Super paranoid and and have different parts Absolutely. made by different machine you, shops, right? You, you can go to five machine shops, have those five parts made in different machine shops, assemble them yourself, and you're fine. Yeah. So th- this reminds me, actually, I mentioned Seed Signer, who we featured last month. It reminds yeah. me of their project as well. Have you come across it at all? Yeah, yeah of course, of course. Right. So, yeah, b- both of these, the, the Seed Mint and the Seed Signer, are, are cypherpunk as hell, low-key, privacy-first, uh, you know, discreetly sourceable parts, widely available consumables in uh, and cheap consumables as well in in your case, and and actually very error friendly. I know making my own backups on metal previously, I've made mistakes, and you kind of make a mess of it. Whereas if you make a mistake on one disc, you haven't screwed up your whole twenty four words. Yeah. So yeah, so that, that, that that's that, what's really sympathetic to me. Also, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and actually, I, I know for sure that. Some of my 21 and buddies are going to want to get their hands on this as, as well at, at some point. So I'll be happy to kind of lend this out to friends and okay. family as 
as this phenomenon and awareness grows, and yeah. I, I don't think I'd have any qualms with lending it out, other than potential for it to get lost or stolen. I, yeah. I don't think anyone would be capable of damaging it. Of breaking yeah. it, I don't. I don't think so. Maybe damaging. Yes, I lend. I, I've got one which I lend out a lot uh, in in recent times, and it, it got qu quite heavy battering around here on the oh, top. I see. But then it, it looks like it was hailing on it, yeah. But oh, right. the function is still fine. So I guess if it hasn't affected the functionality, then great. But yeah, thanks for the warning that it, it could get a few dings here and there. This is the thing, you know. It, pr private property begets things being well looked after, and if you don't own it, you don't look after it as well, which is a great argument again against communism. <laughs> <laughs> so so true. Yeah. Are you planning on adding to the range or iterating to the product or, or iterating on it at all? When I'm back from holidays, I will continue to work on having the faceplates and other parts um, engraved with designs in a vector image um, format. So you can design them on the computer and got that get that vector image scaled on for engraving like, so yeah. i want to have i want to have that done that faceplate is is begging for customization yeah that, so that's you, what i thought when i was writing 21 is months so you're thinking that that you would give people the ability to customize it themselves yeah all the, of, of course, anybody can customize as much as they want, but I'm thinking about maybe doing them myself to sell them mm -hmm. and also just buying and selling them. Yeah. So ha having one source which just, just to resell them and doing them myself. For, because I don't really see that you get... a clean worked piece for a realistic price but then again i thought about putting some sandpaper into the box and every club can take the thing apart themselves and have it polished and ground up nicely or however you want it it's, it, it's a thing of time preference how much time you want to put into it because if, if you look at yours just the polishing of those brass parts <laughs> You're talking like, I don't know, three, four, five hours. Yeah. So it's a, a, a lot of time running into those. Yeah. I can see the potential for artist collaboration as well with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I was um, chatting with Chief Monkey already about that back and forth. Yeah. yeah. First came to mind a few weeks ago after I'd, I'd got it and he, he clocked the image that I'd put out there. I, I'm, I'm guessing yeah, yeah, he's yeah. asked you for one already, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, but again, that, that's also been so delighting for me. It's, it's, I, I'm, I'm nobody having um, personal heroes or anything. But in Bitcoin space, you when you come into the space, you obviously have some other Bitcoiners that create a lot of value for you. And you, you just are grateful for that. And yeah, it's been the same with you and the other guys from 21ism. Also, I respected Chief Monkey for his arts a lot. I like his laser 
cut wood stuff. So it's just been delightful to have contact with you guys and seeing other people um, getting value out of something that I created because I was sitting at home for weeks and months and thinking, okay, I got it now, but what can I do for Bitcoin? <laughs> and yeah, suddenly this came along. Great. Thanks for the kind words. So when do you anticipate then coming out with an offering or going to market properly with this? I hope to know how to proceed in September so that I can have a plan going on for October or so. But again, if I need more free time and more free time for this, maybe I've got to postpone some things to the next holiday and then we're looking Christmas. There's a lot more that goes into bringing a product to market than you first realized, right? Yeah. How have you found the process? Has it been, you know, an enjoyable learning experience for you? Have there been stresses and, and strains, things that you were, weren't anticipating? No, actually, it hasn't even been too new because I do really... Um, similar things for my job from day to day and it's just the difference is if you're doing it for yourself or for a company <laughs> because if you're doing it for the company in the end you just look on the budget and you say okay yeah we, we got to postpone that to the next year or just do it and if it's on your budget or even on a potential customer's budget, you've got to rethink things more often. Right. It's not just about the designing and, and, and making the product, right? You've got these different parts that go with it. Um, you've got these these screws that I'm guessing you're buying. You're not making the certain parts, yeah, right? Course. The dials, yeah, yeah, the screws yeah. and what have you, the pins. There's a little hole inside there. What's that for? Uh, there is a... a when you pull this part out, yeah, just just pull on that. You can see a small steel ball on the side. So oh, yes, the the hole on the side is just where a re, it's called a retainer, a, a plunge ball retainer. So okay, it's called yeah. in English. It's just a a steel ball which is uh, feathered by a spring. So to to go into this. In carvings here. I'm with you. I mean, uh, just, yeah, I just to get exactly the positions it, for the for for when you turn the the wheel that's and the cylinder. I know yeah. exactly what because you because I saw if if you take the block mitt as a comparison, you have to take out this part to turn it every yeah, time. That's right. Yeah. And here you can leave it in and just turn on it. Yes. Yes. Got it. Okay. So, is there going to be a website in in the works? Yeah, that, that's the, the future goal, yes. <laughs> Again, I can't tell you how long that will be. But right now, um, another platform from Bitcoin, uh, Twitter, who has originally motivated me to uh, open source this whole thing. You can see it in my first tweet from Seatment. It's short none, at short none. He, I know uh, him, yeah. Off yeah, he offered his help with the, doing a homepage. And then after that, he has some familiar issues right now and doesn't find a lot of time, but no stress with that. 
And after him, Bitpaint at Bitpaint Club came up to me also offering his help. Yeah. Right now, I started a repository on GitHub for the web page. I believe I don't even get the get get the whole workflow how this will go on, but I just do how I'm told. I, I said what well, where I need help, and the people tell me what I need to do, and yeah. We proceed like that. Okay, cool, cool. Well, it's it's been nice talking to you, Seedman. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you've got dinner plans with your lovely lady tonight, right? So I'll let you go. That's true. Thank please, you. please keep in touch and and tell us how you're going to get this out. Once your store is ready, we'll add the store to the feature page and we're going to put your designs. We'll, we'll grab some stuff off GitHub and put some photos of this beautiful unit that you've made very kindly for, for, for me at, at no profit to yourself. So I'm, I'm eternally grateful for... Yes, I had the profit of that beforehand. I took the value out of your content long before <laughs> I could give the value back. So oh, you're very kind. Fine. You're very kind. Well, yeah, I, I wish you tremendous success with this. Thanks. I, I, I love having the, the, the unit. I think my, my kids and my grandkids will as well. So if, if people uh, are thinking that they want to have a, a really nice family heirloom that they can uh, use to stamp in their uh, backup seeds for the long term, then I definitely recommend checking out your store when it's uh, when it's ready to go. So anything Thanks. else that you want to tell people about? Let's let's just recap on where, where people can find you if they want to reach out to you. Just find me on Twitter at Seedmint21. On GitHub at, at Seedmint, right? That's it. GitHub.com. Yeah, I started with the GitHub repository and later on recognized that on Twitter, Seedmint is already, yeah, it's not free anymore. So I took Seedmint21. Got it. Okay. Brilliant stuff. Thanks again. And thanks for your patience. Great chatting, and uh, I'll speak to you again soon, no doubt. Yeah, hope so. The volatility implied with Bitcoin is not as volatile as people say. It's a network that you can trust and rely on. It's an asset that cannot be inflated. Not, not, not be inflated. I don't care who you are. You will never be able to make another Bitcoin. Backsack to our cold storage and protect our wealth ourselves. Yo, I got strike. You will never be able to make another Bitcoin. We can stack sack to our cold storage and protect our wealth ourselves. Yo, I got strike. And there's nothing you can do about it. Because its monetary policy has been set in stone ever since its existence. That is reliable and that's a place to store your wealth while the US government with COVID and even before is printing assets out of our reach. You need to put your wealth and protect yourself from something else. Backsack to our cold storage and protect our wealth ourselves. Yo, I got strike. You will never be able to make another bit. You can stack sat to our cold storage and protect our wealth ourselves. That's a place to store your wealth. That's a place to store your wealth. Stack sat to our cold storage and protect our wealth ourselves. Yo, I got strike. You will never be able to make another bit. We can stack sat to our cold storage and protect our wealth ourselves. And that's what that's about.